This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 13th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Google is now telling the public more than it ever has before about national security letters it receives from the federal government. Julian Sanchez, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, argues that this new level of transparency could provide a model for smaller companies trying to comply with these secretive government requests. The American public knows very little about how the FBI has used national security letters, apart from the very limited information the government itself releases each year, just basically a a general count of the number of letters issued for everything except basic subscriber information and how many Americans were affected by those requests. Uh, Google has done something basically unprecedented uh, by releasing broad ranges of data about the number of requests they get each year and the number of user accounts that are affected by those requests. Uh, Google, a little while back, basically did a a very unusual thing by starting to release information in their transparency report about how many government requests for information about users they get in criminal investigations. National security letters, though, typically come with gag orders, which means that the recipient can't even reveal the existence of the order. And so, so far, they had had to exclude those requests as well as uh, other kinds of wiretap requests uh, in intelligence investigations from that annual tally. So now we have started to get a little bit of information. We know that every year they've gotten fewer than a thousand total national security letters, but each year it has been uh, these these requests have covered between one and two thousand, and one year between two and three thousand user accounts. So we know uh, there's not a huge number of letters, but they're getting letters that cover a substantial number of user accounts. Uh, also, if you look at the numbers that the Justice Department releases every year, it seems hard to square the relatively large number of users Google is saying they're getting requests for with uh, the relatively small numbers that the DOJ is reporting, not that they're always that small. In, in I think, 2010, uh, the record that Bush set was broken uh, for national security letters affecting Americans. It was more than 14,000 U.S. persons who had their information seized without any kind of judicial supervision or authorization. Um, And then in 2011, uh, that fell back to a little over 7,000. And yet we know that same year, uh, Google got national security letter requests covering uh, at least 1,000, maybe as many as 2,000 user accounts. One thing that suggests is that perhaps the majority of these national security letters – and remember the count that DOJ releases includes national security letters not just for internet companies but uh, all of them for phone companies and for financial institutions, meaning banks, credit card companies, casinos, pawnbrokers, basically any business that does a lot of cash transactions as well – So those numbers don't really add up unless most of those national security letters, or at least a lot of them, aren't being counted because they're for so-called basic subscriber information. Uh, That is to say, DOJ releases a tally of how many requests they make for more detailed transactional data from, in particular, communications providers. And that more detailed information includes an unclear body of data that's supposed to be 
parallel to or equivalent to the toll billing records that phone companies keep, the information that's on your phone bill, like who you've called when, and maybe some information about the cell towers that you were calling nearest at the time. So the idea is that they don't need to report these less sensitive, less detailed requests for basic subscriber information, uh, things like the name, address, uh, billing info, length of service for uh, a particular user or account. And that makes sense in a lot of contexts. But when you think about internet information, uh, what's important to recognize is that uh, that basic subscriber information request can be super useful for de-anonymizing anonymous internet activity. So if someone is using uh, a pseudonym or is uh, you know, logging in from an IP address that is also linked to another account to uh, engage in anonymous speech online, getting just that basic subscriber information can strip away the shield of anonymity. We saw this done during the... Petraeus investigation, the investigation that brought down former CIA, uh, CIA director David Petraeus, began essentially with an effort to de-anonymize anonymous emails sent by his lover and biographer Paula Broadwell. So just that basic subscriber information can be used to link anonymous activity with someone's real name, real account. So it's not necessarily as unsensitive as, as we've supposed. So it would be interesting to know, for example, uh, how many total national security letters are being sent out, including the ones that are only used to strip away someone's anonymity. Uh, you know, that's not a constitutionally trivial act, by the way. The Supreme Court has long recognized that the First Amendment right to speech includes a right to anonymous speech. Uh, they've also recognized that the right to association, to join political groups like the NAACP, uh, includes a right to be free from state-compelled disclosure of who the members of that group are. And of course, one of the main ways we enter into political associations now is through various online groups like Google Groups. One other interesting bit of information we got from Google is that they have updated their frequently asked questions page to detail what kind of information they turn over in response to national security letters. And again, uh, we know that the FBI long asserted they could get basically any kinds of transactional data about communications short of the actual content of your messages and emails using national security letters. And then uh, in I think, 2008, the Office of Legal Counsel said, no, uh, you can only get information that is the equivalent of that phone bill information, toll billing records. But it's not really clear what that means in the context of internet companies that often don't keep billing records because they're not billing you. It's a free service like Gmail. So Google did clarify that they don't turn over content for national security letters. And somewhat surprisingly to me at least, they don't turn over user IP addresses, which again are information that can be incredibly useful in tracking and de-anonymizing people's online activity. So that's something that's useful to know. And it's also useful for them to publicize because there's a lot of different internet providers out there and there's not a lot of guidance because any law surrounding this is largely classified. So providers don't have a lot of guidance in knowing just what they're supposed to turn over when the FBI comes knocking with national security letters. Uh, we know from Freedom of Information Act requests that uh, incidents, civil liberties incidents, uh, overproduction incidents that have had to be reported to uh, oversight boards have often involved not misbehavior 
by the FBI itself, but rather providers turning over way more information than they're supposed to. Uh, you know, these national security letters, again, are just issued by the heads of FBI field offices, not by judges, not on the basis of probable cause. And so they're certainly not supposed to be able to use, to be used to acquire stuff like email and message content. And yet, uh, we found a number of providers that have turned over all that content, the whole contents of an online account in response to these uh, judicially unsupervised letters. So it's helpful to have a company like Google saying, we don't turn over this information. Uh, we may turn over other kinds of information, probably stuff like the to from information from emails. Who are you emailing? Uh, who's emailing you? How often? Um, but knowing what those parameters are provides guidance to other companies that may not have Google's legal team or willingness to push back. What it really does still highlight, though, is how little we know about these incredibly powerful tools that we know already have been misused systemically, uh, including to get call records about journalists for the Washington Post and New York Times uh, and in investigations where they're not actually supposed to be used. Uh, it suggests really, I think, that it's great that Google's doing this and we hope that other companies will follow that lead and provide as much transparency as the law allows, but that also the law ought to allow a lot more transparency so we have some ability to watch the people who are watching us. Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.